This is the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast. This podcast provides tips, tools, and inspiring stories for creating clarity around your calling, opening your heart to infinite possibilities, and enabling you to have the greatest impact on the world. I'm Julian Crossenhill, a certified spiritual life coach, meditation teacher, human design specialist, and founder of Pre-Survenana. And most recently, I've joined the faculty at Starseed Academy Coach Training. It's my mission to teach and guide others in living a spiritually aligned life that answers their unique calling. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Calling. So I record these in advance, and when I was getting ready to record this today, there was news that a draft opinion had leaked from the U.S. Supreme Court and that the court is planning to overturn Roe Roe versus Wade, which is, of course, the landmark case that guaranteed women in the United States the right to have an abortion, to have control over their own bodies. So I had already been thinking about talking about politics and in a particular vein on this podcast. And because this was already in the forefront of my mind when this happened today, it just made it seem more urgent to me. And I really felt like my own guides had a message that they wanted me to deliver. And so I'm gonna do my best to deliver that message. And politics and spirituality may seem very remote from one another and in many ways they are. But in this particular thing, I think what's going to be instructional in this is how do we approach politics and how do we approach making change in our world? And I think that that's really what I wanna talk about today in this episode. So let me just start by saying that As far as the politics and the political situation here in the United States, there has been a lot of fear. And of course, for many people, those fears seem to be realized today. And what I mean by that is we've been hearing for a while that, you know, the the Democrats were more or less guaranteed to, to lose the midterms because the president was unpopular and because the economy wasn't doing as well as people thought it should. And the media pushes this fear because it creates clicks. People are afraid, they're stressed, they worry, and they create clicks. So there's definitely reasons to create that fear. And there's also fear is used by both parties, fear that of what the other side will do if they come into power. And so there's a couple of things I want to just sort of say about politics. And one is, I don't really, I have my personal political preferences, and largely the way I arrive at them is I think about Jesus, and Jesus is a great ascended master, an avatar of the divine. So whether you're you're Christian or not, I think that there's wisdom in the words of Jesus. And one of the things that that Jesus said was that the way you would know light was by its fruits. You would judge it by its fruits because um, a thorn tree can't bear fruit, only thorns. And I think that when we 
talk about politics and evaluating who we should vote for, we should judge the, the plant, the tree, by the fruit that it bears. And so we need to ask ourselves questions. How loving is the message of this party? How hopeful is the message of this party? Does this elicit higher, higher vibes or does this elicit fear and hatred and lower vibes? So fearing immigrants, removing rights to choose or to control their own bodies from women, stripping the LGBTQ community of rights, those are all fairly low vibe things. And I think if you judge that tree by its fruit, you're probably not going to want to vote for it. Now, I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the other side is perfect. Politicians by nature are politicians. They don't always represent everyone's interests, and they really can't. Politics is a game that is designed so that, and particularly in the United States, so that they have to cater a little bit to moneyed interests. They're trying to walk the middle and keep everybody happy, which, as we know, is obviously impossible. But there's a trend here. You know, I've just said one side definitely has a message of fear and low vibe. But there's a trend here of people choosing not to vote because what they really want isn't available. And I've always said to my business clients that done is better than perfect. And I think that when it comes to voting, I think that we should exercise our choice and our power to vote because it gives us an opportunity to not necessarily have our voices heard because I know a lot of us don't feel heard by our politicians, but it allows us to make sure that certain things aren't happening and then we can start to work to create change. And that's really what I want to talk about is today, less than politics, is about creating change. Because absolutely, politicians are not going to save us. Politicians are not going to create the change that we need and that we want in our world. If we are waiting for the right person to run for office so we can vote for them and they can save us, so they can save the planet, so they can create the change we wanna see in the world, we are going to be sadly disappointed. We're gonna be sitting there waiting on a burning world. So how do we create change, right? So I strongly believe in the star seeds and I often have felt that I myself am a star seed and my guides have been telling me recently that there are star seeds. There's sort of two waves of star seeds. There's star seeds that came here and will awaken earlier, whose mission is to awaken the other star seeds to their mission. And together, the star seeds will start to empower people to make change. But we can start empowering each other now. And I think that there's a few key things that we need to focus on there. And this is really important. And I think it all relates directly to answering your unique calling. So like I said, stop waiting for the politicians. But we need to let go of the anger and we need to let go of the fear because we direct, when we direct those low vibe energies against something, we're actually magnetizing it and creating the thing we didn't want. So instead of working against 
certain things, we need to work for the opposite. So in other words, rather than fighting poverty, how about we create prosperity equally for everyone? Instead of fighting hunger, why don't we work on making sure all children in this country are fed? Instead of trying to stop war, let's work on creating peace. We want to focus on what it is that we're trying to create so that we are energizing and magnetizing that reality and bringing it into, into manifestation, into the world. So first of all, when we are working to stop something or when we see something in the world that isn't right, we need to align our energy with the outcome we want to see. And we need to focus our message on that particular energy. And I think a lot of the pro-choice people have this right because they're not trying to stop laws. Well, some of them have gotten it wrong because we've seen some of that, but it's not about stopping laws against abortion. It's about making sure that all women have the choice the choice that all women have choice and that all women have the control over their body and their reproductive rights. So the other aspect of this is really, uh, you know, we're talking about energy here and the way energy creates our reality, the way that energy manifests certain opportunities and experiences to manifest from the quantum field into and be drawn to us. And when we are in a state of fear, when we are in state of anger, these are lower vibes, vibe energies that don't really have the power to create change. So one of those vibe, one of the things, energies that we need to embody is hope. I've seen a lot of people sort of feeling hopeless about the Supreme Court decision, and there is always hope. There's a wonderful friend of mine, Charlene Suggs. I've known her for probably 20 years now. She's the co-founder of Wisteria, which is a intentional community nature preserve and camping event venue in Southeastern Ohio. And a while ago, some people were belly aching on Facebook about the state of the world and Charlene sort of I don't I couldn't find the exact comment, so I'm paraphrasing here. But Charlene said, yeah, things aren't going the way we would like, but I hope. And what a beautiful sentiment, because that is part of holding the energetic template of what we want to create is holding on to hope of not knowing how we're going to create that change, but trusting that the divine will work through us to create it. And that's really what hope is all about. And hope is such a powerful, high vibrational energy that we need to always have hope. I hope, I hold hope in my heart that we can feed every child in America. I have hope in my heart that everyone can have equal opportunity for an education. I have hope that we can create shared prosperity equally, that everyone can be wealthy in the world, that everyone can have enough, that everyone can be abundant, that everyone can be joyful, that everyone can love what they do and not dread going to work every day. I hope for that with all of my soul. And by holding that hope, I'm energizing a lot of things around my mission and around the work I do to start empowering other people, to start waking up the other starseeds to embrace their mission 
to work and teach and help all of humanity raise their consciousness into this new era and this new spiritually awakened plane of being that we need. So the other aspect is love. And I know a lot of people are going to immediately have a reaction to that because I remember a lot of discussion um, when Trump first won in 2016, and there was a lot of people who were angry and were really hateful towards the people on the other political side. And it was sort of like there was a lot of hate and anger coming from that side towards immigrants and, and various groups of people. And instead, of, and so people were trying to fight that hate and that anger with more hate and anger, which obviously doesn't work. And so a good friend of mine on Facebook, who's a Buddhist, was actually talking about having mercy, like having grace and having love for those people and seeing them as maybe um, misunderstanding the situation or as people who were a little misguided in where they were putting their energy and just sort of loving them. And I know that that is difficult for a lot of people. So beyond that, I said earlier that politicians aren't going to save us. Politicians are not the solution. We have to work at a local level. And I want to talk about this because love is a big part of this. And I'm going to talk about love and I'm going to talk about the solution to our problems. But I, I want to talk about it for a minute through the lens of human design. And so human design really operates at three frequencies. When we look at the human design body graph, there are gates and channels and energies, and they operate at three different levels. They sort of create energetic dynamics in three levels. So the first level is individual. It's how does my energy flow and how do these gates and these archetypes in the human design body graph affect me personally? And of course, when we start talking about creating change, there's the very real aspect of what can I do personally? And a lot of people say, oh, one person can't change the world or I can't have much impact as one person. But one person can do a tremendous amount. And even more than that, their effort is multiplied because they inspire other people. So you don't always understand the impact you have. So the first, the first sort of frequency of energy in the human design is the individual or the personal. So the second frequency is what we call tribal. And tribe is not used very often anymore because it's kind of appropriation of terms from indigenous peoples. But there are a lot of concepts similar to tribe. There's the idea of ken or clan or um, I've heard family, which is sort of your friends, family, chosen family idea that is common in the LGBTQ community, particularly with people whose own families have disowned them. So there's this sort of tight knit, close group. It's very localized. And so there are archetypes and channels and energies that really deal with how do we work with that, that unit which in human design is called tribal. So how do we work with that tribal unit? How do those energies operate there? What is the dynamics between us and our, and our unit, tribe, clan, whatever you want to call it? And then finally, the third frequency is the collective, which is much larger. You know, it's all of humanity and the energies that really deal with how do we relate to the entire collective of humanity and how do we advance the entire community of humanity? How do we evolve as a species of humanity? 
so when we're talking about love, there's these different frequencies of love as well. There's individual love. It's, you know, self-love. We talk a lot about self-love. Spiritual coaches talk a tremendous amount of self-love because a lot of us have trouble with it. There are so many things in society, advertising and marketing and social conditioning and all these things that tell us there's things wrong with us, that we are defective, that our uniqueness is a fault rather than a beautiful, beautiful gift. And so we start to not love ourselves. So the first frequency that we have to learn to love with is at the individual level. Then the second frequency is that tribal level. You know, loving our, our core group, loving our closest friends, our small clan, whatever our unit or our small tight-knit community is, learning to love at that level and taking that love out into that level. And then finally, there's the collective level. And the collective level is loving all of humanity, which, of course, we often practice in loving-kindness meditation, carrying that love to wider and wider groups of people until we're loving the planet and loving all of humanity. So love works at these different frequencies. And change also works at these frequencies. Awakening works at these frequencies. We awake individually, and that inspires awakening in the tribe, that inspires awakening in the collective. All of change happens first at the individual level, then at the tribal level, and then at the collective level. So these frequencies are a pattern that works with any type of energy in that way. So getting back to creating change, politicians are not the solution. So it, what happens is when we want to make powerful change, we start, first of all, we have to anchor it in a high vibe energy, hope and love and joy. These things are really what help us manifest it. And we need to focus the energy on the right things, creating not saying we don't want something, not trying to resist something. We want to, we never want to focus on resistance because energy is like water. It wants to flow. And when we try to resist or damn it, it creates unexpected consequences. So we want to focus on the creative aspects of our energy and what is it that we really want to create? What is the energetic template that we're trying to anchor in our manifestation? And then we want to empower it with this high vibe energy. So the best change often occurs at the local level. So politicians aren't going to save us. What we need to do is be thinking about what are the solutions to these global problems and how can we start taking it down to the small, to the micro, to the smaller level? How can we, within our tribal unit of whatever it is, clan, family, family, whatever you want to call it, what can we do to create change? What can we do to support one another in a way that can't happen at the federal level or the collective level yet, and that politicians aren't going to be able to create for us? So how do we start to create that? How do we start to support one another? How do we start to create systems on that lower level that bring meaning and fulfillment to people's lives, that create opportunity for prosperity and abundance, that make sure everyone is taken care of. And then it starts to expand out from that level, out into the collective. And then eventually what happens is enough of the collective, that energetic vibration has reached out enough into the collective that 
the politicians now have picked it up and run with it, and we finally start to see the change that we're getting. But it doesn't work by voting politicians in first. We have to create that change on the, on the smaller level. And you see this in lots of things. For instance, there have been studies of meditation in which small groups of, medita of meditators would meditate on something and they would look at the impact around them. So for instance, people who practice meditation and in particular practice being joyful and having gratitude, they found that the impact affects the people around them. Their neighbors tend to report having better moods. So the, that energy spills out and it affects the people around you. It affects the people around your group. There was a study of meditation that is cited in, I think, What the Bleep Do We Know? They talk about it, but I've also read about it in several books that was done in Washington, D.C., where they tracked violent crime and they did an experiment with a large group of people meditating and meditating in particular on peace. And they noticed that in the area around where the meditators were, violent crime rates dipped. And so, again, when we are anchoring these energies, when we are anchoring, anchoring that energetic template, it begins to radiate out from us. It ripples outwards like a stone in the pond. So regardless of what your unique calling is, whether you're meant to be an artist, whether you're meant to be a teacher or a coach or whatever it is, everyone has the same mission underneath that. And that mission is to love so goddamn hard that the people around you notice that love, that that love is such a powerful force for creation and for creating change, that that love awakens the higher consciousness in the people around you. You have to love so hard and it's, and it's difficult at times. People can be eminently unlovable, but we just, you, it, you've got to just show some grace for people. Remember that everyone of us is flawed by the nature of being in this body, in this shell, in this three-dimensional world. We need to really embody that love that the divine has for us. So there's an exercise we do in coaching to help people with self-love, where we ask them to imagine themselves as the divine and look at themselves through the eyes of God and what would God say about them. And so we can do that same exercise with other people. How would God see that person? What would God think of that person? And remember, God isn't judgmental. Only human beings are judgmental. So when we can then see someone through the eyes of the divine and embody that grace of the divine, then we can begin to love them. But if we start by loving on the tribal level, loving our core groups so strongly and working together to find solutions to the problems that we have, creating prosperity and creating abundance for each other, creating situations and opportunities, making sure that we're all stepping into our mission, we can create change that will ripple out into the collective. Because remember, in human design, the three frequencies are individual, tribal, and collective. So as a starseed, and being one of the starseeds that's here to awaken the other starseeds to their mission, a huge part of this is awakening that part that just knows deep inside that you have a higher calling, that you're here for a purpose even bigger than yourself, that it's not about just loving your work, it's about saving the world. It's about saving the planet, about saving humanity, about saving 
about helping humans elevate their consciousness and step into a new era of high vibrational energy. And I know that part of my mission is to awaken the other star seeds to this and get them working on embracing their mission. And along the way, there are a lot of people who don't identify as star seeds who have important big missions who are going to make tremendous change of the world. And it's important that everybody embody that mission because as we've seen with the Supreme Court justice, the time is now. We need to step into those roles. We need to fulfill our mission and we need to love so goddamn hard that it takes everything out of us. We're loving so hard in the world. The world needs love right now more than anything else. And if you have nothing else to give, love is what you need to give. Everyone can give love. So my final message to you here is rather than waiting for the politician or the group that's going to come along and save everybody, vote for the best option that we have, because I do believe that voting is an important part of our spiritual duty. And then get out there and find your core group, find your people, find your tribe, love with all of your damn heart, and start finding solutions to the problems within your tribe first, and then carry that out into the world. And together, we can make change, we can save ourselves, and we can save the world. Bright blessings. And we can save the world. Bright blessings. This has been the Answer Your Unique Calling Podcast with your host, Julian Crossan Hill, produced by Priest of Inanna, LLC. You can find us on priestofinanna.com. That's priestofinanna, I-N-A-N-N-A.com, or on Instagram at priestofinanna.